you know, the Psalms are a great place of refuge, great place of healing, great place of celebration. And I encourage you to at least read one Psalm a day. It'll bless your soul. Psalm 118, we're going to read the first four, four verses. Psalm 118, verse number one, it says, Give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, because his mercy endureth forever. Let Israel now say that his mercy endureth forever. Let the house of Aaron say, now say, that his mercy endureth forever. Let them now that fear the Lord say that his mercy endureth forever. On last week we dealt with a call to service. And understand that in this Christian life that we have, there are many different callings that God has called us to. In this text here, not only is it a call, but it is also an invitation. And so I'm going to pin for this message an invitation to worship. An invitation to worship. All of us have been invited to something at one time or point in our lives. Some of the invitation were elaborate. They came on really well written and, and, and documented good paper and so on and so forth. But then sometimes there's just a verbal invitation. Needless to say, you don't show up to anybody's gathering uninvited. Only a fool would show up uninvited. And even worse, when you show up uninvited and you bring somebody with you. But understand that there is an invitation for all of us to worship. I mentioned on last week when we were talking about the call to service, is inviting people to come out to worship with you. And that's my challenge, is that you invite someone, that you extend the invitation to have them come out and worship. On next week, we're going to deal with a parable by Jesus when he sent out his disciples to call people in to worship, to call people into the banquet. And understand that there are several reasons why people will not come in to worship. There, there, there are several reasons why people will not adhere to your invitation. And that's what this really, this, 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 this evangelism class is really about. It's to teach you how to put out a good invitation. And the starting point of any invitation is having a product that people want to come to. As a matter of fact, did you not know that your life is the invitation? It's not necessarily you verbalizing it and saying, come to church. 
No, it really starts with how you're living your life. Because that's really the first thing that people are going to see. That, that, that's what they're going to consume. Why, why, why should I want to come to your banquet if you're dirty, you're filthy, you're unkept? And I'm speaking metaphorically here. Because understand the fact that the majority of the people that we're going to go out and get are going to be unclean people. If we're going to build the kingdom of God. I told you, this, this is not about member swapping with anyone. But this is inviting people who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ in the free pardon of their sins. And so in this, in this text, in the book of Psalms, this, this 118th number of Psalms is the conclusion of what's known as the Hallel Psalms. The Hallel Psalms are Psalms 113 through 118. The Hillel Psalms were Psalms that were written of Psalms of celebration and great worship. It was to encourage the people to remember where God had brought them from. It was a Psalm that would reflect their 40 years wandering in the wilderness and how God had kept them. Their shoes did not run over. Their clothes did not wear out. But it was because God had kept them. And so, and so in this, in this Halil Psalms, it was one that they would sing during the Feast of Tabernacles. Feast of Tabernacles was a seven-day feast where they came and they celebrated, they ate, and they, and they sung songs of Zion unto the Lord. And so the day would begin off that they would sing Psalm 113 and Psalm 114 before the feast. And then afterwards, they would sing, sing the concluding other four psalms. What's interesting about this psalm, 118th number of psalms, is that it is the most quoted psalm by New Testament writings than any other psalm. As a matter of fact, all four gospels quote Psalm 118 in one variation or another. Jesus quotes Psalm 118 in the book of Luke when he says that the stone which the builders have rejected has become the cornerstone referencing himself in this 118th psalm it is sandwiched between the shortest psalms in all the psalms which is 117 two verses in psalm 119 which consists of 176 verses but smack dab in the middle of this, we have this invitation to come and to worship God. And understand that there is a call and an invitation to worship. Worship has always been a part of our experience as human beings. In other words, we'll all, we'll, we'll all worship something at one time or one manner or another. And that your worship is the object of your decision. I decided to worship God. 
And understand the fact that this is not the only place where I worship God. We worship God in how we live. First and foremost, that is the greatest worship that you can render unto God is how you live a life of obedience unto him. My life is a demonstration of worship unto a holy and a righteous God. My life is an open book because I realize that God sees everything. And there ain't no sense of me trying to fool myself and pretending that I'm something that I'm not. But see, in genuine worship, you can go to God just as you are. You, you, you don't have to put on a suit <laughs> to worship God. You, 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 don't have to, you don't have to necessarily comb your hair to worship God. As a matter of fact, my first worship in the morning, I still got sleep in my eyes. Because when my feet hit the ground, the first words that come out of my mouth is, Lord, thank you. God, thank you that you kept me one more night. I know I ain't guaranteed to see the next hour, but Lord, thank you for how you kept me last night. It's an act of worship. It's a great way to start your day. It's to worship God. No, 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 let's, let's set the record straight because, you know, I mean, I know we, we, we label it that we have praise and worship, but we need to divide praise and worship. Sometimes they are synonymous, but they're not completely the same. Let me, let me help you out. You see, because we praise God for what he's done for us. We praise him for the blessing that he's given us. We sing adoration unto his name with words and music. We praise him for what he's done for us, how he's blessed us. And if you're in here today, God, you got a reason to praise God because God brought you here. So that's enough for you to praise God for what he's done for you. How, he, how, how he's kept you. How he's provided you with shelter and put food on the table. Yes, we praise God for those things. Praise God for the car that he allows us to drive. Thank God for the job that he's given you that you can go to. Thank God for retirement. I haven't got there yet, but thank God for him anyway. I'm on my way. But we praise God for what he does, what he's done and what he's going to do. But conversely, we worship God simply for who he is. That, that, that's all it is. We worship him simply for who he is. His sovereignty, we worship him for it. We worship him because he is the creator of the earth, the creator of the universe. We worship him because of this. And listen here, if God don't do nothing else for me, I can still worship him because he's been good to me. Simply because he, who he is. He is God almighty. He is Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He is omniscient, all-knowing. He is omnipresent. He's everywhere at the same time. 
So how that blesses me that even before the problem gets to me, God already there. He's already working it out on my behalf. I haven't even got to it yet. Worship him who, who he is. He is the most high God. He is a bridge over trouble. He is a way maker. Anybody know him as a, as a way maker? He is the great I am. So I worship him because of that. He's worthy of all the worship and the praise that we can give him. And so in this text, in this text, the psalmist begins off by declaring the goodness of God. He tells us that we're to be thankful unto the Lord. And I, and I would say that, that, that more Christians were just more thankful to God. You see, because we, we, we spend far too much time complaining about our situation and our circumstances. But, but if we would just reverse it and begin to say, Lord, thank you for the sunshine and the rain. God, thank you for the problem that I'm going through now. Why? Because I know it's building something in me. That there's a great work that you have for me. Understand that that's something that God desires for you to do, but you can't do it until you go through some stuff. Until you learn to, to depend upon him. Yes, even in the bad times. Yes, even standing at the graveside of the loved one. Yes, even standing in the unemployment line. You need to understand you can trust God. He can be trusted. Because one of his greatest attributes is his faithfulness. God being faithful to us is not predicated on our performances. Because none of us perform that well. But there are times even in the midst of our mess, God will still show up. God will still begin to work out some things if we just trust him. If we just worship him in spirit and in truth. That, that's what this is really about. is worshiping God like he wants us to worship him. And it all starts with a heart of gratitude towards God. We, we, we've come to a place to where we're raising a generation of entitled individuals. And it seems as though the church is going in the same direction. Because we believe that God owes us something. Any and everything that God gives you, you ought to be thanking him for whatever he's given you. You see, true worship won't let you look at other people's stuff and envy it. You see, when you're really worshiping God, you should say, Lord, thank you for what you've done for me where I am right now, God. Because, God, I realize I wouldn't be here if it had not been for you. The church needs to be more thankful. We, we, we need to spend a whole lot more time Lord, saying, Lord, thank you. I praise you, God, for what I'm going through. Yeah, somebody said it. This, this world is a lot going on in this world. 
A lot of problems, a lot of situations that's going on. Listen here, that's totally out of our control. And so he starts off with said, I give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Now what this first one represents, this first one represents our personal praise. All of us should have a personal praise. You see, I can't praise God for what he's done for you, necessarily. No, 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 nobody understands your story like you do. And then, then, then there's just something on the inside of you that, 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 that should get personal when it comes to what the Lord has done for you. Your, your, your praise needs to be a personal one. It needs to be one that you're all by yourself. And you begin to just worship God and thank God because you know what the Lord has brought you over and what God has brought you through. You know what it is. There, 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 there's some stuff I just don't want to tell you. But I can take it to the Lord. It's personal between me and God. And I don't have no problem opening up to God because he knows anyway. Here's how this helps you because, because it lightens the load. Then, then there's some stuff that you're struggling with, that you're holding on to. You're trying to figure out and, and, and fix out. No, you got to leave it to, it to God. Turn it over to him. He's ready. In other words, he, he, he's really able to do so. He can fix your circumstance. He can fix your situation. You got to make this thing personal. And so he says that he gives thanks to God. For what reason? Simply because God is good. You say that's not enough reason. Well, you, you, you need to understand what God is good really represents. God, God, God is good from a moral standpoint. Towards he does not give us over to our own sinfulness if we are in Christ Jesus. He protects us from our own self, from our own desires and our own things that we want to accomplish, what we want to do. He's morally good. And then he's good personally. He's good to each and every one of us. And if you don't think that God has been good, who woke you up this morning? Who, who, who woke you up this morning? Who started you on your way? It definitely was the alarm clock. It was God. God is the one that's good. But here in the text, he gives a reason for God being good. And that reason is that his mercy. <laughs> Y'all missed a praise break right there. His mercy endureth forever. No, no, no. If you look at this text, you'll notice that the word endureth is in italicis. And what that tells us is that that word was not in the original text. But it helps the text because it tells you what his mercy is and how long his mercy is there. But listen how it reads if you take endure out of it. He said, because his mercy is forever. 
In other words, really, it does not need any help. Does not need any help. God's mercy is forever. There is no end to it. As a matter of fact, did you not know that God gives you new mercy every day? Every day you wake up, God has new mercy. Why? Because God knew that you would need new mercy every day. He know, I, certainly, I, I know I need it every day. I, I, listen, I will pray and go to sleep and dream a wrong dream. I wake up, Lord, forgive me. Thank you so much, God. Thank you for your mercy. Or I've said some things that I have not asked people to forgive me for. And until I get an opportunity to go back and ask for forgiveness for that, there's new mercy for that. There's still some problems and some situations and some struggles that I'm going through. But there's new mercy for that. There's some anger issues. There's some lust that God is still working on in us. And when I say lust, I'm not just talking about sexual lust. You, they, they, we lust for other things as well. It ain't just limited to sexual stuff. I still got the kids in there. Sorry about that. But you know where I'm coming from. There's new mercy for that. So this is the psalmist's personal praise. But then he takes it to another level. He takes it from a personal praise to a public praise. Because in the next verse he says, let Israel say his love and his mercy endureth forever. Israel was God's chosen people. As as a matter of fact, this is who this text is really written to is the, the Israelites. They were his chosen people. But understand that they, they, they needed the mercy of God as well. Because if you travel through their history, they were a stiff-necked, wicked, perverse people. And every time they would do something wicked, God would come in and he would, he would send forth those ones that would preach to them and teach to them and try and bring them back to God. And yet God will extend mercy to them. Did did, did you not know that that, that God had told them, when they was in the wilderness, he said, listen, this is a stiff-necked people, and I'm going to destroy them and start all over again. But God extended mercy based upon the prayer of Moses. And so when we're talking about our public worship, this is a collective worship. That is what we do when we come in here on Sunday mornings. But once again, this is not the only place where you can have corporate worship. Two or three of you can get together in in, in your homes and still have worship. You can still worship God. Personal worship is important. But public worship is important too. Because we still got some folk worshiping with us on live stream that perhaps need to come out and give a public worship unto God. 
I, I told you that, 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 that there's some things that you can bless us with by coming into the church building. Just being able to see your face here and to wave your hand and say, Lord, thank you for allowing me to be here this morning. That's, that, that's good for me. That, that energizes me. So we need public and we need private worship. The third thing that we see in verse number three, it says, let the house of Aaron say his mercy endures forever. And what this is, is priestly praise. This comes from the pulpit. The pulpit needs to be the one to demonstrate what praise look like in the church of God. There should be a little bit of fire in the preacher. There should be something. If I'm not enthusiastic about what God has done for me, how can I expect you to be enthusiastic about it? How can I expect you to be excited about it? In much of the same way, I'm the priest of my household. And there's where I should exemplify worship as well, praise as well, is in the household. Men, if you're in the household, you are the priest of that household. It is your responsibility to make sure that worship goes forth, even in your own house. And try and try invite, inviting the neighbor over too as well. That helps out a whole lot, right? We need priestly worship. We need men who are going to stand up for what the Bible teaches. There's so many things that's going on in our, in our churches today. I, I look at some of the worship service and it looks like almost like a cabaret. It looks like it's a performance. And it, listen, and if there's anything that worship should be, it should be authentic. It should be organic. It should be spontaneous. I'm not, listen, I'm not trying to plan any praise or anything like that. It's the God. God is the one. He, he's the one that provokes us and to move us to worship and to praise him. And understand this. I don't want no pews crying out for me. Because I won't worship him. Because I won't praise him. God will use these pews to bring glory to his name. Church needs to be lively. Need to be excited about what God is doing. Folk come in from the outside and you sitting there sitting on your hands. You won't lift up your hands and say, Lord, thank you. While I'm in the service, you won't, you won't utter no words of praise up to God. You won't worship him in no kind of capacity. Folk come in here, they automatically say, yeah, they, they, okay, I like this. Why? Because it's genuine. It's not phony. It's, it's real. It's authentic in its nature. Praise is not scripted. We need to get away from so much structure, so much, so much, so much, so much tradition in the church. We need to understand that God moves in his service. And just as the children of Israel followed the cloud, 
By day, in the pillar of fire by night, we need to be able to move when the Holy Spirit says move. I'm under his authority. I am subjected to the Holy Spirit. And I pray to God that I never get to a place to where I'm acquiescing to what you want. I pray, I pray that I'm always hearing from God. And that I give you what God has given me to give to you. And not based upon what you want to hear. Because understand, God knows better than all of us. And so we have this priestly praise, which stems from the leadership. And then we have a private praise. It's a private session with God. It's close to our personal praise. It's us getting up in the morning and having time of just sitting still in the presence of God. And listening to what God has for us for that day. Did you not know that God has a, has, has, has a, a life that is prescribed for you? Your whole day is prescribed by God. You are ordered by the Lord. Your steps are ordered by the Lord. But most times, we won't spend that quiet, private time with the Lord to hear what he's speaking to us. Listen, did you not know that, that, that a lot of what God wants you to do is not going to come across this sacred desk? There's going to be some private moments that you need to have with God. There's some stuff that God wants to share with you that's on his heart to your heart. There's some things that God wants you to do. There's some people that God wants you to engage. you got to spend some time with him in order to find out who it is. There's some folk that's going to get to heaven based upon your testimony. Based upon your witness to them. God wants to use you. Listen, this, this is a time of quietness before God. This is a time of just sitting and meditating. This is different than prayer. Because prayer we're making our petition known unto God. This is a time of just sitting silent before the Lord. Sitting quietly in his presence. Letting him speak to our heart. The reality of it is that most folk don't really want to know what God has to say to them. You, you, you don't want to know the specifics of what God wants for you or what his expectation of you is. Because you feel as though you won't be held accountable. But guess what? You're still going to be held accountable. All of us are going to have to give an account for everything that we've done in this body. Or what we did not do. It's all about us spending time with the Lord. This is an invitation for us to come into his presence, to come with praise, come with uplifted hands, singing songs of Zion unto his name. That's what this is really about. This is a psalm. This is, this is, this is what's known also as an envelope psalm. Because the psalmist closes this psalm the same way he started it. And what that tells me is that this is a continuous thing. 
This invitation to worship is continuously. It does not stop. And understand that, that, that this is a song that was sung as they were sitting down or finishing up their meal. This was the last psalm that was, that was sung. The, the ideology is that it was to be continued. That it was not to stop. Just like your praise and your worship is continuously. It is not to stop. You'll always be worshiping and thanking God all day long. Not, it's not difficult. It's not difficult. Because we have the aid of the Holy Spirit. And he's always nudging me. Telling me that I can do more for the glory of God. Telling me when it's time to just rest sometimes. Yeah, they're, 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 there's a worship that rests. We're in a worship of resting. Because we need to be replenished. But this is a psalm that was written for us as believers to worship God. We come and we worship him in spirit and in truth. I want you to really extend and make an attempt to extend an invitation to have somebody come out with you on next week. It's, it's, it's time for us to start doing this. We've been talking about it for over a year now. It's time for us to start doing it. So I want everybody, we're going to do it in waves. The first wave is that I want you to invite a neighbor to church on next Sunday. I want you to go out, I want you to invite a neighbor. As a matter of fact, invite several neighbors in case one of them can't make it. But I, I want you to do that. Because you don't know how important your presence is in your community. And we need to start with those who are around us before we go outside of that. So I'm asking you, invite a neighbor to church on next Sunday. Why? Because there is a word from the Lord. There's a good news message from God. The God who loved us so much that he sent his son to die on our behalf. That's what he did. Did you not know that this worship in this Bible is really just a love story that God has for us? It's where not only he talks about how much he loves us, but he's demonstrated his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for our sin. Christ took our place upon the cross. He died in our stead. It was him that took on the sins of humanity. Yes, they did. he came down through 42 generations. I think I need to say that to get you to stand up. He came down through 42 generations. He walked this earth and taught us how to live the life. And they accused him of being a blasphemer. Took him before Pontius Pilate. Pontius Pilate talked to him and asked him, are you the son of God? He said, thou sayest. And so the Jews wanted him crucified. Pontius Pilate was going to release him. 
But they wanted the Jews crucified, and Pontius Pilate gave in to the Jews. They beat him until he didn't look like a man. Marched him on up Golgotha's hill. Nailed him in his hands, nailed him in his feet. Put a crown of thorns upon his head. Pierced him in his side. But even after doing all of that, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Yes, they took him off that cross. After dying an agonizing death and having our sins poured upon him. Joseph of Arimathea said, witnessing petition Pilate for the body of Jesus. Buried him in a borrowed tomb. He stayed there Friday, all day Saturday. But early on Sunday morning, he rose with all power of heaven and earth in his hands. The greatest love story ever told. Because Jesus took what we could not take. And that was the sting of death. He died on our behalf. I don't have to worry about dying again. I have eternal life because of what Jesus did. He rose on the third day. And he yet sits at the right hand side of the Father making intercession for us. That's what he did for us. That's the love that he has for us. Jesus is still looking out for you. Still praying for you. So who wouldn't want to worship? Come in and worship. Well, we'll look at that next week. Some of the reasons why people give for not wanting to come in and worship. We need to be prepared for that. But this is an invitation to you right now. If you're unsaved and you want to be saved, if you are looking for a church home, we invite you right now to come down and to join us. The door to the church is open. Whatever the reason, whatever you're going through, God already knows. There's some needs that God has already met. If you want to be in a good Christian church, I recommend this one here. If you want to be a part of a great work that God is about to do, this is the church for you. If, if, if you're tired of the devil just beating you down, understand that he is an accuser of the brethren. God is able. And God has given us the words of life. So here I endeavor is to build you up, not to tear you down. Our objective is not to judge you, but to help you. That's what we desire to do. Is there one that will come? This is your opportunity. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hey, thank you.
we want to start our evangelistic push in the month of September. You invite your neighbors out. And I want to give each and every one of them a test chance to give a brief introduction if they choose to. Because I think it's necessary for us to know who the strangers that we have into our congregation, we need to know who they are, that we might be able to shower them with love, show forth the love of Christ. So be encouraged, because I am. I'm excited about what the Lord is about to do. No, 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 I'm excited what, what, what God is doing right now. I am, I, I, I'm really excited about it. We've been through a lot as a church. This year has not been an easy one. I had to learn how to be a pastor. <clears throat> and I know that I've made some mistakes. But thank God for grace. Thank God for his grace. Because it's the grace of God that's going to get us through. It's the goodness of God that's going to get us through. It's not necessarily about anything that I'm doing. But it's all about what he's doing and what he desires to do. So my encouragement to you is to, is to pray. That's the most important thing that you can do as a believer. I told you the other day, your praying is more blessed than your giving. Now, don't, don't stop giving. But I want you to pray. I want this to be a praying church. Because I know that everything that God does begins and ends with prayer. And so with saying that, I'm going to ask you to please stand. And those that desire prayer, come down to the throne of grace. We want to thank God for our guest soloist this morning. Did you have, amen, amen. She did a magnificent job. We thank you so much. We thank all of you as well for all that you do. If you see a visitor, make sure you put your arms around them and welcome them in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. We're going to look to the hills from which cometh our help. All of our help comes from the Lord. Dear eternal and everlasting Father, we come this morning, God, we thank you. We praise you, God, for all that you do, Father. We realize, God, how sinful we can be, God. But we stand, Heavenly Father, Lord, in your presence, God, asking and desiring that you wash us thoroughly in the blood of the Lamb, God. Lord, we know, Heavenly Father, Lord, that 
Some of us keep stumbling over the same things, God. But Lord, I thank you that there's still grace for that. I pray, Heavenly Father, Lord, that you would correct us as we submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit. That he would empower us to obey what your word has said, Father. That, God, we will be doers of your word and not just hearers. God, show us the blessing in obedience to you, God. For, God, all of us want to be good children. And we understand that children need raising. Children need correction. Children even need disciplining. So God, thank you for your chastisement. Thank you, God, for every time you've corrected me, God. And God, I glory in tribulation because I realize that it comes to give me patience. Patience to run this race, God. So God, bless us as we go out from this place of worship to the vineyards of working. I pray, God, that, the, that we would invite a neighbor to come in and to participate in what we have here at Macedonia Baptist Church. I pray, Heavenly Father, Lord, that hearts might be changed, that minds might be regulated. I pray, God, that your will would be done in this place. That God, you will receive the glory. Lord, take all of us out of the spotlight. That Lord, it might shine upon you. That they might see Christ in us. And desire to have him in their lives, God. Bless us as we depart from this place, God. We go to our various destinations, our homes. God, we're praying that you'll bless every household that's represented here today. That God, you'll bless their going out as well as their coming in. Except the Lord build a house. They that build it, build it in vain. It's all in your hands, Jesus. We're just instruments in your hand. Help us today. Bless those that are on the sick list. We ask that you stretch forth your healing hand, Father. Thank you for Brother Marks who's with us today. We ask that you'll continue to bless him and to heal him as well, God. Bless everyone that's on this sick list. We honor you today. We praise your most holy name. It is in the matchless name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now may the grace of God, the love of Jesus, and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit, may it rest, rule, and abide with us now, hence and forevermore. Let every heart sing. Amen, amen.